And I, for one, welcome our new gentlemen, overlords. Who? Now that's a team I can work with. I love it. I love bringing people together. How we doing? Hey, everybody! Welcome to the Gentlemen Overlords. I'm Andrew. I'm Max. I'm Robert. Uh, that is the that is the sultry voice of somebody who didn't just have food in their mouth, despite <laughs> what my co-host would tell you. Uh, guys, let's get right into it. Talk about some movies we've seen. I'll go first, uh, but I did want to mention the voice that we heard in that sting when Ben Horak finally caught back up with recently. I'm, oh, I I'm got... sorry. I'm sorry. Wait. Yeah, I know. Anyway, I just wanted to say because it kind of it sucked. But anyway, you guys, <laughs> I just you guys I'm glad you guys are here now. Sucked. Wait, is um, he back in town or something? He's been in town, right? He's been in town. Where he's do you think he was? Forever? I don't know. I thought I saw someone who looked like him at grocery outlet. I'm not sure if it was him. It probably was. he would never I mean, he would never I mean, yeah. shop there. Ugh. Um, no, he's around. I, th- I mean, I think he probably hits the road too. But uh, you know, I think he's still stationed here. So look harder. <laughs> um, we'll do. We'll do. But all that to say, we we talked a whole lot about. We just kind of fell right back into it and started arguing about movies. And I said, I love this Woody Allen. <laughs> he said, Well, I love this one. And it was just a whole night of that. Um, he said he's no, not really a fan of his movies, but more his personal choices, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, and yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I like I like Woody Allen. He said the movies. I said movies. <laughs> <laughs> um. Anyway, movies I've seen, guys. I re- watched uh, all of the Indiana Jones movies, all three of them. <laughs> um. Excellent. What, what more do you have to say? I will probably, I might even revisit them again right before uh, Dial of Destiny, which is what, a few months this summer? Is that the name of the new one? Yeah. The Dial Indiana of Jones Destiny? The, the Dial of Destiny. <clears throat> is Shia LaBeouf in it? No, thank goodness. I don't think so. Um, sure. They probably are like, oh, he uh, jumped in front of like a cannon and they got blown up. So anyway. Maybe that, maybe that is the titular Dial of Destiny he calls up. Uh, what is his name? Mutt. Mutt uh, Williams. The, yeah, Mutt Williams at the end of the episode or the end of the movie. Beep bop boop beep boop. There's that de- dial of destiny. It's just like up. a magic rotary phone. Well, it's, I mean, I there have been very scant details about the uh, plot. Uh, Mads Mikkelsen is one of the bad guys. He's a, a Nazi, and it has to do with the. I want to say this is in 1969 or something like that. I think it's like right around like the uh, space. Race stuff. Wait, it's going, um, it's going back in time because wasn't. Well, I I think so. They in the trailer they have some really good de-aged indie on this train, and I'm pretty sure it's going to start with this crazy flashback and his interaction with Mads the first time around during the war, and then we will get caught up to present day indie or I present see. day. I see. Whatever. Most. Uh, most farther present ahead in the timeline, yeah. and Dial of Destiny. I am assuming will be some sort of time travel mystical object or something like that. Hopefully, you know, it just, 
he, they dial just back to Crystal Skull and they just go through that whole movie again. Um, with Indy behind the scenes, like watching his other self, like, no, go that way, go that way. Like, yeah, it'd be great. Uh, no, I'm very excited. So I, I watched those kind of in prep. Uh, but what what do you have to say? So uh, Raiders of the Lost Ark, Temple of Doom, Last Crusade, I watched them in release order, even though Temple of Doom does take place first of those three movies. You know what? I didn't realize that until very recently. Why? If you watched it in Why? machete order, it would be <laughs> weird because they even have the callback. So in Raiders of the Lost Ark, they have that great scene where the crowd parts, the guy with the sword swings it all around, and he takes out his gun and shoots him. And on set that day, it's because Harrison Ford had really bad diarrhea, and he was like, can I just shoot him? And they were like, oh, yeah, that's Is that fun. true? It's true. Oh and God. it's great. And it's great because it's also just a very indie thing where he's like, I'm not going to fucking sword fight. You can just shoots him. Uh, it, in the can I Temple just say, of Doom. Can I just say, it feels unnecessary that he had to throw in the the detail that he had diarrhea like it just he could have just said like he had to pee or something like it didn't you don't need to know that he's like <laughs> could you imagine like, if an actor said i really had to pee so i'm, I'm, I'm changing i'm just gonna like shoot entirely. this character we, we had a whole fight scene choreographed but uh i but just I mean, mean hey, like in terms of retelling the story it just like it feels like the detail i don't know if of... he retells it in that without amount of specificity <laughs> if he's like i really had to run to the toilet it was bad like he, he might maybe he's just like oh, i just was tired and they're like, no, 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 Harrison. <laughs> Mr. Ford. Explain anyway, the color in, of it. In Temple of Doom, when they're like about to get to the bridge scene at the very end, two guys with swords come out and swing them. And he kind of smirks, goes, ha, and it goes to grab his gun. He doesn't have his gun. so Because they haven't been invented yet. Yes. He's like, I wish there were firearms. Um, is what I would call them. Um, <laughs> so... It is funny that, like, if you watch that first, you're like, okay, Indy didn't have the thing. And then when you watch Raiders after that, you're like, ha, he had his gun. Thank God. And swapped around. It's, I don't know. It's, uh, anyway, I'm writing some letters to Lucasfilm about it. See what he says about him. My release order uh, changes. Um, oh, if you, lady, if you write a letter to George Lucas that he needs to go back and change the uh, Indiana Jones movies, I will end you, Robert, <laughs> <laughs> because he's going to do it. <laughs> True. I mean, I think Spielberg would have to sign off too, and he's already like had to publicly apologize for like messing with ET and shit. So I'm confident now that that he would protect it. But who knows? He might go back and change the Fableman soon. Who knows? <laughs> yeah. He's like, this actually isn't about me, and he like changes all the details. Um, Portrait of a Lady on Fire. I want to say this was from 2019. Um, it's a French foreign language film mostly female cast and it's a woman who is basically hired to paint this. Um, I don't know if you would call her lady in waiting, but uh, she, she is to be wed and it customarily you would have a portrait drawn so that they could uh, see what they, what you look like and then be like, ah, oh, yes, I'll marry her. And, but she is destined, you know, she has to get married. That is what she's supposed to do. Um, so it's uh, very, it's a very beautiful movie, but it's very sad too. There's a you know a relationship between her and the painter kind of forms because she's also supposed to paint her surreptitiously. She's not supposed to have her sit down and be painted. She's supposed to like somehow capture her by observing her and just she's supposed to be just a companion that walks with her on the island. Um, and it's not like a a goddamn Marvel movie where I'm like, and you won't believe who they tease at the end. Like, but you can be spoiled. So I won't say too much. It I, is Charlize it's a, Theron as a, it's uh, you see Thanos reach for some paint. And he's like, I'll do it myself at the end. You're like, Whoa, shit. 
Um, but no, it is, it's really a, a beautiful film and I'm, uh, we watched it for part of a film club I'm in and I'm glad to have seen it and I would highly recommend it. Uh, I want to say it's on, might be on Hulu right now. Um, right after that, I watched Gangs of New York. I can't stay away from this goddamn movie. Uh, even though it's not in the, I mean, it's not in the top tier of Scorsese movies, but I just, something about it. It's just such a, I've talked about it on here multiple times. It's just an interesting time period. I think it's some great performances from Leo and Daniel D. Lewis. I still think Cameron Diaz is a little miscast, but I also think she, upon another viewing, I'm like, there's scenes where I feel like she's not at her best, but then there's other scenes where I think she's totally fitting in and is really doing a great job. So I, I think she gets too much, uh, too much uh, flack for her performance, honestly. Um, it's very good. It's got Brendan um, Gleeson also. And- Brendan Gleeson as well. Yeah. I mean, he's great in that. And John C. Riley. And there's, I mean, there's a, a bunch of people. And um, speaking of Spielberg, quite, quite uh, Elliot from E.T. He's, uh, he's sort of his, uh, Leo's childhood friend. Um, and E.T. pops up too. A little bugger. <laughs> Yeah, if you look in the background of the Senate scene. Mm-hmm. And the Iron Giant. Don't forget the Iron Giant. And uh... Andrew, what an interesting thing to say. I also watched the Iron Giant. Tunes. <laughs> um, <laughs> it's, God, what a beautiful movie. The animation is incredible. Like, it looks so, so good. It's so well done. And especially, like, the choice to have kind of that, you know, 3d you know more computer generated looking effect of the giant itself really like makes his like angles like work better and he he looks like he looks alien he looks more like he's standing out in the scene which i think is appropriate and then can i say um, perfected in ready player one Ooh, yes so there's nothing that that uh that he wanted more than uh to become a violent gun <laughs> i think was it the message of the movie so I'm glad he got to to show that off. Spielberg the... finally telling the story he was meant to tell. Mm-hmm. Um, which would be funny too, like if you could play as Iron Giant, but you had to be like pacifist style, just like using tranks and like <laughs> putting pushing people on the ground and choke holding them and stuff. Um, them. Uh, watched that. Watched uh, Cloudy with a Chance of Meatballs, uh, which is very funny, and um, just talk about taking source material and adapting it where like that book is just pages of big food on buildings and they really like added their own weird story and, you know, just kept that food element and it totally worked. And that's a, that's the good way to take something that like people loved it. I think people were hoping it would be a good adaptation, but like they really did something unique. It's uh it's, I always love recommending that movie. And the so, sequel's good too. The sequel's good. I need to revisit it. I only watched it once. I didn't like it as much as the first one. No, but I, but I want to give it another shot because it's it's hard hard to live up to. It's that. also like I think people forget that there is a sequel, but like I think mm-hmm. it's pretty good. Yeah, no, I I don't disagree. Um, and then the final thing I watched actually just this morning was uh, Guillermo del Toro's Pinocchio, which is on Netflix mm. and won uh, best animated feature at the Oscars this year the academy awards rather sorry academy awards um it was great i really enjoyed it the stop motion animation is incredible um really great voice cast they have um i forget the actor's name but um the actor who's obi-wan kenobi yes the character obi-wan kenobi is playing jiminy cricket um no ewan mcgregor's great as jiminy or as, as sebastian j cricket they never call him jiminy 
uh, there wasn't the Marvel style thing of the hours like call me chimney puts on an eye patch or something. Um, the voice of Geppetto is great. It's an older actor. Uh, he plays Filch in the Harry Potter movies, the, the non-magic janitor. He's been in other stuff. He's a uh, Walder Frey in game of Thrones. He's really awesome, but uh, he's Geppetto. And it just kind of like, I was like, Oh, interesting casting, but like he's an older actor. So I think that works. And he just like, he just had like a sweetness to his voice. That was just like, he was just like a great Geppetto. And then they have like a much younger almost not an old man at all like a kid playing pinocchio um and he's got like a really high sing-songy voice and the and the songs are really cute there's like lots of little uh, adorable songs in it and um yeah i just can't recommend it enough it's uh it was also nominated along with the movie uh we'll be talking about uh, later but it was very enjoyable i'm glad i've I finally watched that one it's weird that you said it was on netflix so it's actually on uh disney plus and uh, Tom Hanks plays Geppetto. I think he got mm. a couple of those. Oh, facts I did wrong. get it wrong. Yeah, that's right. Yes. It that's is so funny that to the remake of like a very beloved and classic, like that's just like put Disney on the map, Pinocchio, and they remake it and it just got savaged. And then in the same year, Guillermo comes out with like this fresh take on it's also in I forgot to mention this part. It's in World War II Italy. So like people are doing a lot of like uh you know uh what's it called Hitler salutes and stuff like the country is overrun with fascists and there's bombings and kids are training to go to war. It's crazy mm -hmm. how it's the weird dark stuff, uh, the afterlife. And yeah, it's um, it goes places I didn't expect. So I, I also appreciate that it felt fresh, even though you hear Pinocchio and it evokes so many you know certain things you're expecting. So I like that a lot about it. Did you know there was a third Pinocchio movie made in that year? But the Polly Shore one. Polly Shore. But father, I want to go out into the world or whatever that <laughs> clip is. Andrew will Andrew will edit in the clip right here. He's scratching his head. Uh, shit, I don't want to do that. Geppetto's my father, buddy. <laughs> uh, and but that's what I've seen for movies. Max. Cool. Uh, well, I've only seen one movie, but it was long enough to count for quite a few. It's a pirate's favorite movie. Uh, the title is RRR, <laughs> which stands for <laughs> Story, Water, and Fire. <laughs> no, it's like Rise Rebellion and whatever. It's no. something else. But it's those things too. <laughs> okay. I was thinking that was, that, I wonder if that's just like a bad translation from, from Hindi or whatever that it, it didn't. <laughs> Didn't have that RRR. Like it, it didn't seem like there was something that stuck, but Rise Rebellion and the last one, whatever, whatever yeah. you said it might be. Uh, Rise, Roar, Revolt. Rise, Roar, Revolt. Okay. Which are the things uh, that happen in rolls, the movie? Rolls off the tongue. Um, I thought it was a lot of fun. It is, it could be split into three sittings if you want to do it. Um, it's bonkers, absolutely bonkers. Uh, in a fun way, it's it's cool to see superheroes that are not the traditional superheroes, just guys that are that happen to be better just than everyone. Guys. Yeah, exactly. There's even a whole scene where a like they sync up and like they don't even think they talk to each other. They kind of like and they're like, "Yep, we know what we're doing in this exciting scene." It's like, "Okay, go for it." <laughs> yeah, There's so much over the top action. Uh, picks up a uh, motorcycle and throws it, which normally I'm not too into, but it works in this one. 100%. Uh, 
Yeah. Uh, although there is a lot of uh, there is a lot of murder that happens in a that doesn't seem like it's necessarily justified by the uh, um, the main characters. But I mean, it it is justified overall, but like not to accomplish their goals when when they can do so much. Basically, I'm talking about when the animals get out, and I'm just like, it seems like you could have just climbed up to the second floor and gone in to one of those. Yeah, but then you wouldn't have, like, animals, like, fighting people. Yeah. So, you can't (laughs) have that. And they do only, I mean, they only use CG animals, too. So, at least, like, they went crazy. They're like, oh, we're going to have to CG the animals? Like, well, let's do every animal. Except the horses, I imagine. Were Were the horses CG? Uh... That's a good question. I mean, I think for if there was just a scene of them like riding, they probably were riding a horse. But I'm talking more about like, you know, the there's tigers and deer and all sorts of other stuff, too. So, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I don't know if they did that for the for the sake of the the animals or if they did that for the sake of the actors who are supposed to definitely not because I heard they ate a lot of tiger (laughs) on this on the set and they don't normally even do that. I respect the director's vision. <laughs> but it was a great movie. And yeah, the the fact that uh, that the Nacho 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 song where um, the word Nacho means dance. And uh, so they're dancing around. I think the other translation is not to in uh, in the other the other uh, not uh, Hindi, but in uh, Telugu. I think it's called not to. Oh, OK. When they were singing, what I heard was Nacho Nacho. Yeah, that was the version I think I watched initially. Okay, okay. Uh, That song is so great. I love that entire scene. The dance off with the white guys were like, "Do you know how to do flamenco?" And they're just being like complete. (laughs) The guys being complete. He's a great like '80s kind of like 1880s kind of villain. But um, I also love in the background of like that whole thing happening is like the men are going like this and scoffing, and in the background of everyone else, all the women are going like hell yeah and like bobbing their heads like yeah andrew have you seen like even just this dance scene no we're watching we're watching it after this it is so good (laughs) especially just like everyone starts jumping in and like when they're bowing out they're like oh god they're like oh that was intense like it's (laughs) there's so much happening it's so fun and i do believe that one best original song Mm -hmm. is that an oscar win correct yeah i i think the movie also was um most accurate portrayal of white people in general, specifically British people <laughs> mm. <laughs> occupying India. Gosh, they are fucking brutal. Uh, played by Punisher Ray Stevenson. Ray Stevens. And do you know who the woman was? His uh, wife? No. Who is That's that? Elsa Schneider, who from the aforementioned Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade, like ah. the blondie meets in Germany. Uh-huh. Yeah. Uh-huh. Okay. Okay. So still being evil and awful. Yeah, she she even has like a very a, a horrifying whip later that they're oh like she's gosh. like huh he's not getting whipped enough here here's this crazy like it looks like when you get an upgrade in like a Dragon Quest game and it's like the thorn whip it's like why did you have this yeah, I know that where it's did insane. that come from uh, well, I'm glad you finally yeah. seen the whole thing because it I I would if I could go and I've heard in theaters they have an intermission which would it would be very nice but I would love to go see it because I've seen footage of like theaters in India playing it and people are like fucking screaming like they're just going insane so i would love that yeah i watch it at home <laughs> <laughs> okay do the opposite <laughs> yeah. 
I mean, if if you want to go to a theater where people are screaming, I think it could be fun. But uh, it's also I think if I'd seen it already and was like wanted to be just like hyped at that level with people. You got if you're gonna go watch it in theaters, you got to learn the dance first. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Anyway, that's all that I've seen. Uh, I watched a excuse me. I watched a documentary called Me, Me, Mr. Rogers, and Me. And Mm. it was a PBS documentary about this guy who had interviewed Mr. Rogers. And then once Mr. Rogers had passed, he like went to go interview like literally his neighbors. And so like, he kind of wanted to get a different, not a different view on Mr. Rogers. Cause it's not like they're like, Oh, he was a fucking asshole. He fucked his car and I fucking, yada or whatever. Like where did he live? <laughs> Boston yard. I think right outside of the uh, Fenway park. I think. He lived in the walls of Fenway Park. Yeah. <laughs> skitter around and eat popcorn and hot dog pieces and then go to work. What are we talking about? Rogers of the Sox, because he won't talk about fucking... Anyways, um, I, was trying, I was trying to think of any Red Sox player, and I couldn't come up with any. Uh, it was okay. I think, like, <clears throat> there, there are better documentaries about Mr. Rogers, and this one... It felt like unfocused for like a long period of the movie. And it's not a super long documentary, but like for like 20 minutes, it just kind of felt like I wasn't sure what this, what the story of the documentary was anymore. And then they kind of get back on track and just like, it felt, yeah, it just felt weird. And I was just like, I like, am I, did I stop paying attention? And like this, you know, (laughs) like I missed like a, a narrative leap or something. I was just like, what? So it's good. I mean, like I, <clears throat> I'll watch any documentary on Mr. Rogers. I think he's just a very fascinating guy. Uh, but you know, as far as documentaries go, I think the uh, the one that came out in theaters like four years ago was like, a much. Won't better. you be my neighbor or yeah, something? Or? That one was much much better. So that's not the one where Tom Hanks was playing. That was a documentary too. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. Um, and then uh, I watched with our little movie club, we watched Matilda last week, which I had oh, seen great. before. And yeah, Mara Wilson's awesome in it. Danny DeVito, just a, just a, always a Directed, joy. I believe, right? I think so. Yeah. And then I didn't realize until watching it and looking it up, I didn't realize that he and Rhea Perlman were married. Yeah. So like, I that was also like a delight to find out. They also, they did get, they're separated but they get along so well as like non like together people that they're just like, we're not going to get divorced because it, you know, whatever. But like, I just love that they kind of like found a happy place for the two of them, which is just like kind of being friends and decide to stay married. But like, yeah, they're, they have a kid, you know, it's just like, they are uh, like two happy people in the world. So I think that's cool. But yeah, the movie's very I mean, that's fun. The, I mean, that's the dream, honestly. Yeah. <laughs> being just associated. Not cohabitating, but still yeah. being married and amicable. Um, it's someone's dream. Yeah. De- DeVito's, at least. Um, I was going to say, when I, I was talking about this with someone like uh, a, a while back, I remembered an ad, and I think you can find it on YouTube for this movie, and it's like, adver- I think it might even be Danny DeVito narrating, being like, this is a great movie for kids. You got magic. You got hijinks. You got cake. Blah, blah, blah. And then, then he goes, and no kissing. And then it shows the two of them go to, you know, kiss and it, and like rewinds or whatever and stops. Uh-huh. But they they do not kiss, I think. I think they always go to kind of like they air pack. They like, like that. 
So he's not just saying that, like, I think it is true. And if you're a kid who's like, ew, yeah, kissing, like, he, they're like, hey, Danny DeVito delivered. Like, he did no kissing. <laughs> we trust him as a director. <laughs> he has integrity. <laughs> and there was cake. Yeah, it's a, it's a great kids fantasy because, like, you know, she's got powers and just, like, she's precocious. She gets to, like, talk back to the the you know bad teacher just like trunch bowl i could just definitely see kids going nuts for this in theaters that actor the miss trunch bowl character is so great too yeah ah, she's yeah. awesome um yeah so it was fun but anyways that's it for me for movies let's talk about some tv shows we've seen <laughs> tv shows we've seen <laughs> we've seen robert well, we talked about the season finale of The Last of Us on our mini, so I will skip over that, but I think they did a really great job. Uh, do watch it, especially now that it's all out. If you're a, This feels like a hard... That would be a hard show to binge, in my opinion, but to each their own. Um, no, this, the show I wanted to talk about was Hello Tomorrow, and that is on Apple TV Plus or whatever. Mm. Um, it is starring... Billy Crudup, Dr. Manhattan himself. Um, some other great actors in there, including, um, oh, you know, the great actor. He's from The Simpsons, and <laughs> he is Hank Azaria. Um, oh, and also, Alison Pill, yeah. who is from, uh, I think she's more recently in Picard, but yeah, she's also in um, Scott Pilgrim, and she's great. Uh, basically, it is a show about, um, it's sort of a, 1950s or 60s it's an alternate version of that timeline where we have pre-war very much like fallout like pre-war kind of like uh robots and automation so there's hover cars but they still look you know like the sleek cadillacs you've got um one big company i think it's app that just makes all these products and like they yeah, have you know basically me. like they have like amazon delivery vans essentially <laughs> And they have like a digital character in the front screen, like a stork that's like, I'm out delivering and like drops off boxes in your uh, uh, driveway. And then you've got uh, robots. There's like the same style of robot that can be a cop or a mail carrier or like comes up as a secretary and says like, they're ready to see you now. Um, so that's the kind of like sci-fi-ness. Plus, I'm a big fan of like mid-century aesthetic and retro futurism. So this is this is just all the right stuff. I don't know if it's a great show. Like it's kind of like a little bit like Mad Men, but that's maybe giving it too much credit. Here, essentially, it's a company headed by Billy Crudup that is selling timeshares on the moon, and it's this big thing that like people go there, and you know, it feels like you have to be rich to have a plot of land on the moon, but they're like, no, these are affordable, and you can get a C unit or a B unit, and yeah, this pool. Look at this. This is the same one to me and my family. Any uh, G units? God, I hope so. It'd be a pretty shabby lot considering the numbering system. But um, but as things uh, go on, uh, it's, you know, there's some subterfuge or maybe the people that are asking them to sell the plots are not telling them all the details. And then the other sort of twist that is going on is uh, early on, Billy Crudup takes on uh, this kid who's kind of... Uh, He's he's feels he feels guilty because he is his father who left him years and years ago, him and his mother. And when his mother has an accident and is basically on her deathbed, he kind of swoops in as sort of like a 
just to be like, oh, uh, you know, sorry to hear about about this, this, your mom, this woman, but doesn't reveal that he's actually his dad and takes him under his wing under the, in the company. So that's something that's kind of brewing underneath the surface as well. Um, but I really like it. Like I said, I'm, I'm maybe I'm just so taken with the aesthetic that I'm overlooking some flaws, but I'm enjoying it. Um, my subscription to Apple TV plus, I think just ran out, but I honestly might renew when the last few episodes are out just so I can catch back up. Um, I, yeah, I'm really enjoying it. I don't maybe watch a trailer and see if it looks like something you'd like, but mm-hmm. yeah, it's good stuff. Mm. Next that's it. That, that's that's what I've seen. seen my, my main shows. <clears throat> Okay, well, uh, I watched another thing like RRR that uh, discusses the British occupation of India in uh, Kunk on Britain. Yes. Yeah, <laughs> which again is is very funny. Uh, I might like Kunk on the World a little better, but sure. uh, I, I, it's great. Um, yeah, I think it's pretty funny and pretty, it has some really good. Um, I told you about that's such a, the, the weird running bit about like brush strokes or whatever, yeah. that weird show. <laughs> <The> TV show. <laughs> Some of the times they mention it, it, it is pretty. Yeah. Bold. It's like, it's such a weird walk where it's like, yeah, it's like, and you know, uh, only 170 years after the death of the King brush strokes would premiere on British television. And it's just like, <laughs> why that didn't have anything to do with anything. But <laughs> uh, yeah, it does. It does a, a decent job of calling out uh, some of the the shit that went on in Britain to the uh, oh, imperialism. Yeah. Sometimes it's it, definitely not in the same way that RRR did it, but um, sure. <laughs> but still, still good nonetheless. And then the only other thing I've seen is uh, Treason, which is um, Charlie Cox from Daredevil uh, pretending to be able to see things what around the fuck? him. No way. <laughs> <laughs> it also has uh, Olga Kurlyanko, maybe that's her name, uh, who was in uh, Quantum of Solace, I think, and mm. a few other things. But um, so Daredevil gets promoted to C, which is like the head of the MI6, head of the CIA of of England. And... Um, and the, the CIA of America comes after him and there's all this like all this stuff going on. His wife doesn't trust him because, you know, a person from his past comes in and Olga, the the spy who's, you know, it's just a, a bunch of mysteries and people in trouble and stuff like that. I thought it was all right. Um, there are some fun parts to it, but uh, overall, it's like kind of too predictable for its own good. And, um, yeah, I don't know. I can't, can't say I, I wholeheartedly recommend it, but it's a, a fun watch. What is that on? Is it just a one season or, uh, yeah, it's, it's on, I think it's a limited, limited series or whatever. Five Very episodes. Limited. I think it is. <laughs> and, um, I don't know if they're going to continue with that or anything with the season two, but it's on Netflix if you want to watch it. I also read the Paper Girls comic, so maybe that'll be uh, something I watch in the future. <laughs> I didn't hear much after, uh, yeah, wait, and you guys talked about it, or Andrew, you talked about it on here, mm-hmm. maybe? Yeah. But canceled. It interesting. Season two was canceled. Boo. <laughs> yeah, we'll see if it gets, uh, could they, they could need they more paper. It? 
could they sell it to <laughs> I mean yeah like it could be Anything could happen. Around. It could be shopped around. I mean Amazon could also renew it. Like they could like there could be enough people who are like we loved it like and people watch it again and who knows but as of right now yeah it is not it's happening. lining bird cages at this point. Yeah, and d- does the TV show cover everything in the comics? No. Cuz okay. All right. Well, they should continue with it then. I agree. I is it was it a good one? You think it was a good? Yeah, adaptation? I mean, I, yeah, I think like, um, it's it's faithful enough that like, I think people who read the comics are like going to be pleased with it, and I think it's it's not so faithful to the comics that you're just like watching and being like, well, what the fuck did that mean? Like, oh, you have to read issue number five to know what that means. Sorry, like it just it's a good narrative thing for both people who haven't read the comics and for people who have read the comics. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm. made me sad. It, it is hard it. to imagine a lot of it uh being uh portrayed on a tv budget mm-hmm. to tell you the truth yeah great art great art in the comics yeah yeah and i think for the most part like the kids were well cast um to kind of look the like the part of of the, who they're playing and i don't yeah it makes me sad that they got canceled but whatever i think it was the first season was really good Cool. Yeah, I might might check that out in a bit. Yeah. And then also might check out Twin Peaks before the Showtime subscription runs out. We'll see. <laughs> Good idea. <laughs> Anything you watched, Andrew? Uh, I have just been rewatching old Star Trek. I don't know, like I got on a kick and so I've been rewatching a lot of Voyager lately. So mostly just How- Star Trek. What? How's, how's my boy Neelix doing? <clears throat> your boy Neelix? <laughs> I just watched an episode where your boy died. Damn. Yeah, dude, he died on a away mission, and then Seven of Nine had to give him some. Uh, they did extract nanoprobes from Seven of Nine to then go into Neelix to repair the synapses and all these things. And he came back, and he didn't feel the same, dude, because he got brought back as like kind of a Borg. And so I was gonna say, is he a Borg? Now? He's not. A, he's not technically a Borg. They were able to remove the like Borginess of the nanoprobes, but he still felt differently but yeah good episode if, if if you're a borg then you're borging I, never mind. <laughs> <What>? <laughs> I tried i tried only borg only borg people get borged is that the kind of that that's yeah. what i was going okay, for but okay. i i was taking it from that one song i forget what song it is oh, if good. you're bored then you're boring <laughs> Run it up the flagpole. Harvey Danger. That's oh. what it is. <laughs> Run it up the flagpole. Oh, okay, okay, okay. I, I'm there. I'm there. Thank you. I'm glad you got the there agony with me. Anyways, yeah, that's it for TV shows. Robert, did you? Should we quickly run down these Academy Award winners? Oh, if you want, I almost forgot. Yeah, you'd mentioned that at the beginning. We can run these down real quick. Um, sure. The 2023 Academy Awards, and the winner is. I mean, the, Us, o- the, the audience. Viewer. Yes. <laughs> so the winner for best visual effects, Avatar, The Way of Water. I'm I mean, shocked. that decidedly should be yes. That's yeah. the correct um, choice. Best film editing went to Everything, Everywhere, All at Once, which also I think was a great choice. Best costume design, Black Panther, Wakanda Forever. Great costumes. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I don't remember all what else was up for it, but that's... A- the Good. the other uh, nominees were Babylon, Elvis, everywhere, everything, everywhere all at once, and Mrs. Harris goes to Paris. 
I haven't seen Harris. I've seen the other ones, or I haven't seen Babylon, but I've seen like what the costumes look like, and I I imagine that all of those were strong contenders. So, yeah. uh, best makeup and hairstyling, the whale one. Ooh, that was mm-hmm. a controversial one because, yeah, I the whale makeup and all that stuff. It's, it's, it's yeah. a divisive movie. I still haven't seen it, so I, I can't really speak to it. Me but. neither. Yeah. Uh, best cinematography, All Quiet on the Western Front. Mm-hmm. I think this won more than a few technical awards. Yeah. Uh, so also best production design, All Quiet on the Western Front. Yeah. I read this in high school when I was a kid, but I have not re- I have not watched the, the newer film. And I, uh, it sounds be, grim. I'll be honest with you. I didn't even know that they made a movie. About it. I believe there was an old, I want to say there was an older version, but maybe I'm wrong. Yeah. I think you're right. I think you're wrong. <laughs> uh, best sound, Top Gun Maverick. That's a good pick. Sounded great. Sounded like Jets to me. <laughs> <laughs> uh, when, best... when Tom Cruise was thrown out of the bar onto the sand, it sounds like real fucking sand down there. <laughs> Shit. Best original song, Natu Natu from RRR. I mean, that's a great especially since there was uh, whatever the rules were about it or for whatever reason, they weren't able to submit it for best foreign film. So I feel like any sort of acknowledgement is that that's a good pick. Yeah. Uh, best original score went to all quiet on the Western front. Best. Couldn't tell you what it sounds like. I mean, I, I think they played a sting and it's like, bwah, 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 but that was it. Yeah. So they did it. Best animated short went to the boy, the mole, the fox and the horse. What's Who that? could forget it. <laughs> the the sequel to uh a cook the thief Tinker the wife Taylor, and his lover Tinker taylor soldier spy <laughs> <laughs> oh that's a good one too i was uh, thinking of like titles like that today that's a good one best live action short went to an irish goodbye the okay. best documentary short subject went to the elephant whisperers the cool. best documentary feature went to navalny yeah let's <laughs> fucking go <laughs> It it should have been Top Gun Maverick. <laughs> yeah. Uh, best international feature film went to All Quiet on the Western Front. The best animated feature film went to Guillermo del Toro's Pinocchio. There we Congrats. go. With and I believe Puss in Boots nominated as well, right? Uh, yeah. Along yeah. with Marcel the Shell, Marcel the Shell with shoes on, mm-hmm. the Sea Beast, and Turning Red also nominated. Oh yeah, mm-hmm. Turning one. Red. Uh, best adapted screenplay went to women talking. More like women writing. <laughs> <laughs> best original screenplay went to everything everywhere all at once. Cool. Great. The best supporting actress went to Jamie Lee Curtis from everything everywhere all at once. That's best- great. I, she's really good in it and I'm, but I'm a little surprised that, um, cause I want to say her co-star was also nominated from the same Stephanie movie. Zhu. Stephanie Sue. Yeah. Um, so, but I, Jamie Lee has been around forever and it's exciting that I want to say this is her first. <laughs> Damn. Damn. What? She's, yeah. Jamie Lee Curtis has been around forever. Yeah. She <laughs> in the Halloween in like, you know, the seventies, I'm not, it's not a bad thing. She's doing great, but yeah, I want to say this is also her first nomination. Uh, I'm is it? unaware if it's her first nomination or not. But, Interesting. Yeah. I would, I, maybe I'm wrong, but. So it was a pity Oscar is what you're saying. Yeah. They were like, just give it to her finally. So we can, she can shut up. <laughs> That's um, and that's how they decide usually. Yeah, like I'm tired of hearing women talk. Yeah, maybe she won't come next time. We just give her one of these freaking <laughs> things. Best supporting actor went to Kehu Kwan from Everything Ever All at Once. I yeah. when I read it that It sounds like everyone knew that was going to happen, but I'm was still very excited. I didn't you know, I didn't watch the Oscars, but when I read that, I really got emotional because like his journey from like 
I mean, every interview he's he's had, he basically says like he didn't know if he was wanted anymore in Hollywood because mm-hmm. his phone stopped ringing and just like so. Oh, it's probably just ran out of batteries or something. <laughs> he forgot to charge. Yeah, his he's phone. Still, still on a flip phone. Uh, Opens it up. There's like millions of messages of like over the years he's been going <laughs> wanting him in yeah. all these roles. The Iron Man, come on. Yeah. There's like no way he's not going to show up in the new Indiana Jones movie, right? Have they announced? I mean, it's it in yet? the can. I don't know how long they've been developing it that if he would be or not. It would be amazing if he showed up somehow. But I think also ben, I I think oh, sorry, go ahead. Right. I think Max is right. I think he will show up in it because uh, they keep they I keep seeing things with him and Harrison Ford and like uh, sure. Well, like, someone else like said like someone was like it'd be so cool if they did a, like a limited Disney Plus series of like the the Adventures of Short Round and he could be doing stuff and talking about you know back in the day too and. People were like, "Ugh, you want him to like immediately go to Disney and do like redo what he did as a kid?" And it's like, <laughs> "No, yeah. but like, I want him to get work. And if mm-hmm. he's and if he wants to do it, then like, do it. Like, I don't care. Yeah. Like, if he's like, I don't, I want to do everything but Indiana Jones or like Goonies too, then don't do it. That's fine. But it should Encino, be his decision. Encino Man too. Yeah. Uh, best actress Michelle Yeoh from Everything Everywhere All at Once. Um, that rules again. Another Congrats. yeah, just. Her, I believe her, I heard non first or second non-white actress to win that award ever. Yeah, Halle Berry, who presented uh, along with Chastain, was the only other one. That's that wild. But I, yeah, she was so good. And again, like her being super emotional about this movie, just being like what she thought was like somebody finally giving her a chance to do something that she knows she can do, and nobody's given her a chance to do. Hmm. <clears throat> It's just like, yes, because she fucking rules and she's so great in the movie. So, yeah. And the two of them like cleaned up everywhere, like in terms of Grammys and and, like they got all the awards this year. Golden Globes. I don't know. about (laughs) No, Grammys. They they even won the Grammys. They're they're making (laughs) making some sweet tunes. Best actor, Brendan Fraser from The Whale. So, again, I haven't seen this movie. I don't know if it's a good performance, but I do think wh- what were the other uh, nominees? Because I feel like Austin Butler alone could have won for Elvis. That I, was, uh, yeah, Austin Butler was nominated for Elvis. Colin Farrell from the Banshees. He was great, too. Um, uh, Paul Mescal from After Sun and Bill Nighy from Living were the other. And, and, and Tom Hanks see, also and from, Tom Hanks from, from Elvis. Yeah. <laughs> he got a bet. No, the best for Pinocchio. Uh, Pinocchio, yeah. actually. The Geppetto <laughs> role is what he was nominated for. Um I think if it was, hey, if they had come to me and said, Robert, we need you to break the tie, I would have said probably Austin or um, Colin Farrell. <laughs> Say, having not seen yeah, the movie. Wait, I've seen those two movies. I'm talking, oh, well, I mean, if I have to see them all. <laughs> I, if I have to break the tall tie, I'll go with the one that I have seen. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'm going to bring my expertise, so. <laughs> yeah, I, uh, I I'm again, not going to watch The Whale. <laughs> I, I, I think, like, Again, the story of him being ostracized from Hollywood, basically, for the last 10 years or more to then getting best actor, I think is a cool thing for him. But I also have not seen The Whale. So, yeah, I'm just I, looking forward to Encino Man, too. I, I like really am. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. The fact that him, they're both him and K.H. Kwan are now Oscar winners and we're in that movie together. It's like this the perfect excuse to next up. Polly Shore. Let's see. You know it. Let's get him a Let's best actor. It. Yeah. Hollywood. Best director. I mean, they should have done it for Pinocchio. Oh, I bet they'd even try. Uh, maybe that maybe they got the wrong Pinocchio when they when they oh, gave no, they sent the wrong copy. Yeah. <laughs> uh, best director went to the Daniels from Everything Ever All at Once. Mm-hmm. And then Best Picture went to 
everything everywhere all at once. Clean what if they up. had what if they had to pick one of the Daniels to be best director? <laughs> can't, yeah, you can't <laughs> both win it. Yeah, it's not Steven Spielberg and somebody else from the Fablemans. Yeah. Yeah. That, that movie is so fucking good. Like, I just it, like which the Fablemans? No, <laughs> everything ever all at once. Yeah, I am surprised. Like, I know, like, I still haven't watched it, but I know people really like Tar, and I was surprised it didn't win anything. I am surprised Fablemans didn't get any uh, any wins. I do think that Michelle Williams, if she had been in Best Supporting Actress instead of Best Supporting or in Best Actress, she might have had a better shot. Um, but I. Yeah, what a what a night for everything everywhere. It's just I think, wild. I mean, it's I, I yeah. There's a lot of like great movies that came out last year. It's just too bad. I, as I as I said when we talked about the movie, it's one of my favorite movies to have come out in the last couple of years, and it's like really in strong contention for maybe one of my favorite movies ever. So like, wow, it like every movie that came out this year unfortunately went up against a fucking juggernaut, which is this like. And it just happens sometimes, right? You know, like it's, you're like, if this movie had been last year or the year before or something, it yeah. wouldn't, you know, in this field, it just couldn't overcome. And it's like, I mean, eye rolly, but it's like, it's great that it's still nominated. Like that's mm-hmm. not nothing to, you know, sniff your know that, but I, it's uh, surprising sometimes the way the, the winds like that shake out. Yeah. So. Yep. Um, all right. Shall we talk about the movie that we watched this week? The Oscar nominated one. I think the we should Oscar nominated. Yeah. Oscar nominated. A sequel to a Shrek spinoff, <laughs> Puss in Boots, The Last Wish. Puss in Boots, The Last Wish. You know, when I picked that song, it had a, I remember the lyrics being a little more of that on the star I wish tonight, I wish I wish, whatever the little inscription was. Mm-hmm. The, so I, I tried something. It didn't really work out that well. But hey, <laughs> I would say it's about as accurate as most of the connections to the themes hey. you play on every episode. Um, Puss in Boots, The Last Wish, streaming uh, for rental and also on Peacock. Before we get into plot stuff, would you guys recommend people watch Puss in Boots, The Last Wish? 100%. I oh, really, yeah. really enjoy it. <laughs> Robert already has recommended it to us. Yeah. Um, yeah. No, I, I think it was, I think it was good. Um, I almost watched the first one to like prep for this one, decided not to. And then after watching it, went back to like, look at the first one. I was like, it's not the same movie at all. Like, it's this, not, this I don't, I don't no... think it's bad, but I, I, cause I think I told you, I rewatched, I watched for the first time, uh, first Puss in Boots before I went to the theater and saw it. Um, I enjoyed it, but it, it's still the different, it's a very different animation. It's more mm-hmm. the Shrek animation and it's just not, it's just on a different kind of animation level. Like the, there's yeah. some, we'll talk about it, but there's some like way the animation does like physicality in this movie that just blew me away. Very, I keep saying this, but it's, it reminds me of spider verse, but it's not, it has its own aesthetic totally. So, yeah, I feel like that's going to be every animated movie for the next 10 years is the same way. Like, the Matrix kind of uh, informed what every action movie sure. was going to be. For I mean, that wouldn't be the worst that. style to ape because I think yeah. I want to say Mitchells and Machines, I think, also has a similar vibe in places. Same, but, same studio. Yeah. yeah. And then also Bad Guys has it. Uh, yes. Yeah. yeah. Which I, I haven't seen, but from the, the trailer, new, the new Turtles is also being compared to. Uh, into mm-hmm. the oh, that's true. That's true. I saw the trailer for that. Yeah. I uh, yeah. I didn't realize when I 
booted up this movie that now DreamWorks has their own, like, look at all the characters we've created title mm-hmm. card. It's just like, what do you think about that? Uh, I don't, I, <laughs> I don't, I've said it with the star Wars stuff. Not everything needs their own at this type of title card thing. Like look at all our, it, our history of characters. And it's just like, I don't, the need- other thing to me, and this is maybe just my, my brain going back to a kid, but like when you see like a good old title card, like when you see like the, the, the Pegasus jumping over, the you know like the intro thing or you see you know you, you see this fucking pegasus right here but you know what i mean like this you fucking see, like, hole on the top of the or, peg or like orion like the stars spin yeah. out and you're like i'm about to watch an orion movie like i don't know what's about to start but like it's probably going to be good like or that-, that to me speaks more than showing me your stable of characters yeah. and i get it as an animation studio you want to do that but it's so blatant whereas like at least with Marvel, they update the the images in the Marvel logo as it's flying forward, and they can kind of tweak it to be like, yeah, don't forget, we had Black Panther here and this here and blah, blah, blah. But I don't know. There's something about it that's so, like, just little islands with each of them that I'm just, I just want the moon kid back. It's too, it's too much. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I agree. I, anyway, like, this movie th- sucks, so <laughs> we're done. <laughs> it would be mm-hmm. funny if, like, one of the islands was, Puss in Boots 2, and it was just like its own island. Like, this <laughs> These good. characters you haven't met yet. Just, hi. Yeah. yeah, and out of character. Yeah, like the wolf smiling. Hey. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that character. Okay, the character, the wolf. Let's start talking about it because yeah, the wolf. there's a lot of antagonists, which I like, and sometimes can be too much, but like you've got you've got the wolf, the big bad wolf, you've got big Jack Horner, and you also have, you know, the at least intimidating, but like Goldilocks and three bears are also running. I mean, they're not, uh, I mean, they're sort of antagonistic. They're trying to stop him. They're trying to get it themselves. So I thought the, the wolf who we find out spoiler towards the end of the movie is the physical embodiment of death is one. Like if I was a kid, this thing would haunt my fucking dreams for years. He was truly very scary. And does something that I, I don't know what the rules are in, in kids movies, depending on the rating and stuff. But like, I was surprised they like made Puss in Boots bleed in the early on. Like he gets, he cuts and you're like, whoa, that was close. And then you see him bleed yeah. and touch the blood and you're like, oh, okay. That's crazy. I and mean, it's also like crazy, but it's like, he does bleed. Yeah. <laughs> he it does bleeds, exist. We kill it. They do exist. <laughs> um, and the fact that, like, it's not, like, an allusion to death. He says, like, I'm death. And it just, like, for, I, again, we've talked about, like, how kids' movies have kind of matured to make kids, like, sort of <laughs> have to, like, confront, you know. Mortality. Mortality. Having a character be like, I'm taking you to the afterlife. I am death. And him to be so scary was, like, I was just like, this is this too dark? for Like, I thought it... He looked fucking great. The voice actor, uh, Wagner Mora, did a great job. But, God, he was so, like, I was just like, damn, this is a very scary character. The whistling that he does when yeah. he shows up in the scene. Yeah. Oh, that's so good. He just appears next to him. Uh, yeah. Man, that's so He's good. He's really cool. And those sides. I, I feel like I've seen those, like, little hand sides before. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, those are awesome weapons. His yeah. multiple times lightning will flash and his the what, black of his pupils turn white and he just looks extra insane. Ugh. He's just like, I love the smell of fear. And, oh, man. It's so and then good. when he, when uh, Puss in Boots gets so, like, gets scared, basically the whole thing turns 
black, white, and red mm-hmm. during that thing. It's yeah. such a striking uh, visual. I also yeah. want to commend this movie for returning uh, Florence Pugh and Ray Winstone together since uh, Black uh, Black Widow. Nice. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's the other movie that Olga Kurlyenko was in. She was uh, the Taskmaster. Taskmaster. Yeah, that's right. Um, uh, also, yeah. Olivia Coleman. Olivia Coleman is the mother. Yeah, of who is also there. like an Oscar winner nominee. I think she's a winner for. Uh, she must be a winner years ago, but she's just like she's, she's a winner in my heart. Yeah. Uh, Betsy Sodaro also briefly in oh, this movie. Yeah. She needed to be yeah. in more of it. Know, it was a shame we only got a little bit, but it was so fun hearing her voice. Yeah, I, uh, I, I got to be a little bit honest, though. I could use less animated movies with John Mulaney. I was, exi- <laughs> I was about to say the exact same I, thing. I don't disagree, but I think he was good as this character i, I think it. he did a good job it's but it's an oversaturation thing it's sort of like, like it was sort of you know it, the vibe is for me it's 2008 will ferrell and even though Step Brothers yeah. was really funny it was i at that point i had seen too many will ferrell comedies yeah and i think yeah i'm exactly with you even though he turns in a good performance here i've just seen mm-hmm. too many movies with john mulaney's voice in it at mm-hmm. this yeah. point it could have been someone else and I wouldn't have been upset at yeah. all. So, yeah. Yeah. but I did, but uh, again, this is kind of like with Aquafina and Disney movies. It was like, okay, I'm done with this. And then you watch it and you're like, it, it works. Yeah. You know, they did a, they did a good job. They put in a good performance, and, but it, it just doesn't need to happen that way. Not yeah. like this. <laughs> <laughs> and like you said, it's oversaturation. If like, if you have seen a lot of the stuff too, so cool. if so and and then there's other people that are just genuine fans where it's like you couldn't get enough of them. So I'm glad that you know I'm glad Aquafina is popping up here. I'm glad John Mulaney is another voice here. So, but I mm-hmm. yeah we've 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 figured it out. Yeah, <laughs> good uh, performance even if we think it could have been someone else. I or, think the standout yeah. voice performance to me is Harvey. Is it Gein? Is his last name? The guy from uh, What We Do in the Shadows. What We Do in the Shadows. I don't remember. I don't know how to pronounce the name, but yeah, yeah he's really good yeah, as Peri- uh, Perito. Perito. Oh my god. Uh he was so good in this. And since we're kind of skipping around and stuff, there's a scene where Puss in Boots is being chased by death and he's having like basically like a panic attack. Like he his heart is racing, he can't calm down and Perito comes up to him. He's like, "What's going on? What's going on?" He can't figure it out. And just I fucking love dogs so much and mm-hmm. just he puts his head on his on him and just kind of rests his head down and it slows his heartbeat down i started fucking bawling during that <laughs> i scene. thought that might you might appreciate that because it is a crazy it's uh i keep saying crazy i'm not trying to be uh say that over and over um it, it's cool to see that kind of show that kind of fear in a movie and yeah. it feels very like grounded and written it feels like a real feels like someone who's had a panic attack like wrote that yeah. So, and yeah. like and, specifically and, have a, a dog, like basically like a therapy dog come and just be like, they're put their head on you. And like, that is a technique that for a lot of people who like suffer from panic attacks or, you know, the sort of those sort of ailments, like dogs put their head on you or their paw on you to kind of calm you down. And like, that is a real technique that therapy dogs do. And when you had such a strong reaction to that, did Scotty come and uh, put his head on you? He, he he did sit next to me. He does he doesn't really do the thing where he puts his head on you, but he does oh. he does when I'm upset, he'll walk over and he doesn't put his head on me. He just thumps his body into mine, and so he kind of like, like leans into a cuddle. So yeah, 
But the yeah, the head head on the leg or whatever that that is a strong move that dogs have in the repertoire. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So I yeah I think his his performance was especially great in that scene in particular really fucking got me. So it was yeah. And Antonio Banderas, we haven't really mentioned him, but the titular Puss in Boots, he's mm-hmm. he's great in this. Mm-hmm. And, and Salma Hayek as Kitty Softpaws. Kitty Softpaws, yeah. <clears throat> great name. And yeah. it's because she's been declawed, is that was that the? No, she has claws, but I think it's just like her power is she can like puff her paws out and like deftly grab things. She's like like makes her a better pickpocket kind of. Mm-hmm. I think at the end she gets someone throws the oh the. Uh, poison apple grenade gets thrown and she can just like grab it out of the air without it blowing up. Just, yeah. Like, throw it right back. Uh, Florence mm-hmm. Pugh as Goldilocks kind of doing a little bit of this type of accent. Must I think mm-hmm. that must have been so fun for her. Yeah, I liked it. It was good. Her and the bears are all fun. Everyone's doing turning in a great performance. Yeah. I, I kind of spent a lot of the movie thinking that the, the baby bear was James Corden. <laughs> <laughs> I'm really glad it wasn't because that's another that's another voice I could I could stand and not hear for a while. Yeah, for sure. <clears throat> um, Samson Ko, we should say, is the baby bear. Yeah, yeah. Who did a good job sounding like? Uh... He kind of like sounded he... like a street tough. <laughs> like he sounded like the kind of the teenage bear, which I liked. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So the the movie is basically Puss is on his last life. Like he he's on number eight of nine, and so his more he starts to confront his own mortality. He's you know, like he's spent, you know, he spends the first 10 minutes of this movie being I'm Puss in Boots, I'm invincible, you know, I'm the the legend. And he goes to a doctor who tells him you're on your last life. The doctor tells him he should like basically become like a domesticated house cat at this point and you at least retire from adventuring. Right. So you got to slow it down. And so he finds out that there's this mystical wishing star that he can get. Like he thinks he can wish for nine more lives. Mm-hmm. And so he goes out to find it. He meets Perito, who is disguising himself as a cat to get into this house of cats. Um, they go out together. They meet Kitty Softpaws. Meanwhile, Goldilocks and the three bears are also looking for the last wish to get her a family. And well, they and the bears don't know that they're like going to help her get a wish, but they yeah. don't know what she's going to wish cr- for. They're a crime syndicate. Also, yeah. that should be noted. And then Big Jack Horner is the is a pastry chef who like inherited it from his parents and he wants to become the most like famous pastry he only, chef. Yeah, in the world. He explains later in the movie he's like his only wish is to have all the magic in the world yeah. and just be the most powerful being ever. Um and he carries around uh Mary Poppins' bag. Mm-hmm. He collects <laughs> magical in- uh you know, potions and, and uh, trinkets. So he packs them all when he goes on the adventure. Including, with them, as a, the aforementioned in the podcast, the ethical bug, Jiminy Cricket. Mm-hmm, that's true. Uh, Wait, who sounds like Jimmy Stewart. Jiminy Stewart. Oh, yeah. Was, uh... Yeah. Well, I'm your conscience. That's good. I did like that he was just like, because, you know, when they first introduced him, I was like, okay, are they going to like try and like soften up the character before the end? And I just love that, like, 20 minutes later, he's like, oh, forget it. He just, like, gives up on him. He's yeah, like, you're the worst person. You're like, I can't change you. <laughs> <laughs> that was very funny. Um, yeah, so they go looking for this this last wish. And it ends up in this big, you know, head-to-head-to-head battle with three groups. Well, the, well, well we got to mention, too, the world, when you look at the map, 
the world in that they the portal they cross over into this world, or whatever, changes based on who's looking at it. So like for yeah. Puss in Boots, there's all these like perilous things they have to go through, and for Kitty Soft Paws, there's equally like crazy like uh, swamp of sadness and stuff. And then for Perito, it's you know flowers and rainbows, and it just seems like what's the there's like the river of relaxation or something mm-hmm. where it's just like, it sounds like you would just like float down it and it'd be fine and stuff. Um, but I think that all has to do with, of course, like if you desperately want a wish, uh, you, you have to go through all this stuff and he doesn't really need one. He's like so positive, And so he's not, the journey doesn't seem as dangerous when he's looking at the map. Yeah. His, his little backstory is pretty damn tragic. Oh <laughs> my God. <laughs> Yeah, when he's like, so then I they, I could always find my way back. And then they tied me in this sock and put rocks in it. And I, you know, got scratched out and they must have gone somewhere. But I'm wearing it now. And they're just like covering their mouths like, holy shit. <laughs> oh, God. Yeah, that was. My goodness. That was brutal. Um, But yeah, they they end up in this big head to head battle. Uh, eventually the bears and Goldilocks kind of team up with Puss in Boots and Kitty Softpaws and Perito to take out Big Jack Horner. And he eats the, the like, don't eat me things from Alice in Wonderland to become huge. They do eventually beat him. And they decide that they all have what they were wishing for. You know, Goldilocks has a family with the bears. Uh, Puss in Boots decides that he's going to live his last life, you know, well. And mm-hmm. uh, Kitty Softpaws found somebody she could trust, and Perito has friends. And so it's just, it. I, you know, I knew that people liked this movie. I think, like, I'm still surprised how much I liked it watching it. Like, I think it's, it's great. I think it's really good. As you mentioned earlier, the animation, it very much invokes like an into the spider verse kind of thing. And I think like going away from the Shrek style of animation was, it was a choice. And I think it, it pays off. Cause I think like this being like more of a adventure action thing than like a Shrek movie. It, it kind of like, I think that animation lended itself well to the movie. So yeah. then the, they, at the end of the movie, they head towards the Shrek. Far, uh, far away. World, yeah. The far, far away. Do you think the next Shrek movie is going to be animated? Well, <laughs> that's <laughs> animated. Well, <laughs> that was I like, I that's... like, I'm on the record as I like the Shrek movies. I like the animation. It's, <laughs> it's got a, it's of a time. And you know, they have an, obviously an aesthetic where like some of the people are very weird looking, <laughs> But that is weird. I I do wonder if it would be really weird to have it go back to that style of animation for the Shrek yeah, film. Yeah, especially yeah, since they're like literally rolling up to it. It's a genuine um, question, even though it's uh, hidden in in a dig. Yeah. I I do think also the, the Shrek movie. There's a lot of talented people who who did a lot of good work on it. And uh, but this I think into this Spider Verse kind of changed perceptions on. Uh, what's possible and uh, like how much you need to stick to your style versus like branching out and do in like being able to like, yeah, Shrek is 3d, but you can put 2d things in a 3d world essentially. And I don't know if any of this changed because of actual technology changes of like grease pencil being added to blender or whatever the, that sort of thing is, but mm-hmm. like uh, mixing 2d and 3d, I think, knocks it out of the park you get a lot of the at this point we're at 
like early on CG stuff just looked awful for a long time and and they kind of like stuck with it. And if I was just watching a video comparing uh, Toy Story 4 with Toy Story 1 and it's just like a stark contrast and to- Toy Story 1 was the first one that really like, oh, wow, I think like you can actually do some 3D stuff and, and make it look decent. And then Shrek came out later and, and did the same thing. But going back to look at the first one after the fourth one, it's just it's uh, rough. It's it's it's, it's rough. It's, it's rough, but it's just a shame like, because like it was so novel. Like no one, people like lauded it. It rightly mm-hmm. so at the time. It's just funny how much like more realistic and kind of sophisticated some of that has become. So yeah, so I I'm mean, curious I, I think it's what... like yeah, it's just that's it's the same thing. Like you go back and play a video game from 1993, and there are some things that hold over, but then it's just like if you like. Playing like a a three dimensional game, like a root, like playing like Mario sixty four versus playing Mario Odyssey, it just looks like the cameras fucking suck. The you know the graphics are blocky. It's just like, but this was revolutionary at the time, and just like stuff moves on. And like, as much as it would be, it'd be great to just have like a be able to like sharpen up the animation and watch Toy Story one again with like sharper animation, but like. It just doesn't exist. So whatever. Sure. Oh I, I just can't wait until a movie comes out <laughs> that makes this movie look like shit. <laughs> that would be nice. But Andrew, don't do not put the idea in their head of going back and re-releasing their old movies again. God, this that's a, a trend that has got to happen. I want to see soon because the live when are we getting action? the live action Toy Story. God damn it! That was the point. I was fucking <laughs> Robert. I um, want a reboot of reboot. Well, they there was a. I, I there, think that I think there was. There I think was. Yeah. <laughs> anyway. Um, yeah. Any final I thoughts would, on Puss and Boots before we wrap it up? I do wonder what the next Shrek is going to look like. I wonder if they're going to go back to more of a Shrek style because this feels like its own kind of like spinoff yeah. thing. But it, it feels like it could just stay in the Puss and Boots looks like this. Shrek looks like this. But yeah. we'll see. Uh, he, I was going to say what would be surprising for me too, especially since like, this is like so popular. And like you said, like almost like it's almost weird to be like the spinoff of Shrek. The sequel to the spinoff of Shrek is like Oscar nominated (laughs) and very good. Not, and not like, again, I like the Shrek movies. It's just not a shade. I don't, it's just like, look how far we've come. This is crazy. Right. Were any of the Shrek movies nominated? I like, I, I doubt it. It might've been for, for some stuff, but my question was going to be, would the next movie be a Shrek movie with Puss in Boots or would it be Puss in Boots with Shrek in it? Well, like, I think at this point is, is this, is it so pop? Would it be weird to be like, Oh, everyone loves Puss in Boots. Okay. I guess we'll bring back Shrek and he'll be in it a little bit. Like after the, this one was like a nor award nominated. So I, I don't know. It's, I, that I wonder. A, that is an do. interesting question. Cause it does feel like there is heat behind Puss in Boots right now. Like if, I, I like Shrek, but I didn't miss him in this movie. They showed him for like one second in a right. flashback, but like uh it feels like people like these characters, right? And Burrito, and it's like you would want to continue that. Right. right? But then does like Mike Myers come in and just like completely like Mike Myers up the whole thing and it's just like, oh, the the thing that we liked about Puss in Boots was it had heart on top of like good jokes and instead just like what if what if Shrek farts in in donkey's face again and you know what like, i the, they there are farts in that but there's heart there's hearts and farts hearts and track. farts is yeah i keep defending it <laughs> i might have to go back and watch some of those if there are farts in them but you <laughs> know like what it like it just like yeah what if now that this feels like there's some traction behind it like it's just like oh let's bring back shrek and it's just like it's not what people wanted it's 
Puss in Boots is like kind of caught fire a little bit, and then it's just like it, we ruined it with doing Shrek it, Five. Where maybe it's like, maybe it's even just like reminding people like hey we're going back and like there's possibility of a shrek now in the future yeah. and it, it's like maybe puss will get its own movie and like he'll there'll be a little cameo from shrek in the starting or something but it'd be a shame if they change up the animation which i think looks so good and i was telling you before when i was recommending it like the way it kind of looks like frames get dropped when they're like running sometimes like yeah. there were starts of fights where it's like in a good way too like that whole fight with the giant in the beginning where he whips the cord and he's spinning and there's so much physical it reminded me mm-hmm. of uh Shadow the Colossus a little bit mm-hmm. and running up him and stuff. Um, so I'd either it'd be interesting to either see, yeah, Shrek in that style, or whether they would, you know, meet in the middle somewhere and have them combine. I don't know. I want to see Shrek happen. confront death. Yeah. And just <laughs> fart in his face. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, we're like uh, onions or something. I don't know. <laughs> don't get anyways. Um any final thoughts before we head out? Check it out. Check it out. All right. Thanks for, thanks for listening, everybody. We'll see you next time. Bye-bye. Bye.